Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Happy Monday. Great to have you here with me. Much to get to. Mask Wars making a comeback. No DOJ investigation of the nursing home debacle here in New York. Fauci is saying mask restrictions might be recommended. Plus, 90% of Detroit residents say they want more cops. And some back and forth on the Tucker NSA story. We will get to all of that and more in just a second. But first, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. And this year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to Ground Zero. More than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August through 9-11. Towers of Light will shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance. And the names of those we lost to 9-11 related illness are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. On Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the war on terror will also be said aloud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month right now to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Tunnel to Towers Foundation does amazing work. Highly, highly recommend you give them uh, donations on a monthly basis. All right, masks. Where are we with all this now? What is going on? What is the latest in the madness that we are facing? Well, if you are paying close enough attention, you'll see, you will sense that right now there is a push underway to force people back into the useless cloth over the face idiocy. Here is the Fouch. Sources are telling CNN the top health officials are weighing whether to revise mask guidelines for vaccinated Americans. Are you part of those conversations? And if so, what are you advising? Do you think masks should be brought back for vaccinated Americans? You know, Jake, this is under active consideration. If you're asking, am am I part of the discussion? Yes, I am part of the discussion. But I think what you are seeing, even though as of our conversation at this moment, the CDC still says and recommends that if you are vaccinated fully, that you do not need to wear a mask indoors. However, if you look at what's going on locally in the trenches in places like L.A. County, the local officials have the discretion and the CDC agrees with that ability and discretion capability to say, you know, you're in a situation where we're having a lot of dynamics of infection. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. That's a local decision. A lot of dynamics of infection, a local decision, he says. Notice that the CDC is sacrosanct. We all have to obey the CDC. But then when the mask maniacs decide that they want to go even beyond the CDC, when when they want to do something much more than what the CDC has recommended at any point in time, they have no problem with that. They have no issue with it. They think, oh, great, we'll just make people mask up in Los Angeles. St. Louis County just added uh, to the ranks of those that have mask mandates in place once again. Here's what we are fundamentally seeing, and I've been telling this all along. I've been saying it for 18 months. They do not want to give back the power that they have taken over you. There is a mindset, and it's really a political, religious 
belief system that the left has. So this is about existential level for them. This is this is not just a a preference. They believe that society needs to be under the control of an elite and you must do everything that they say. Otherwise, you're a problem. You're literally costing lives. Think about how much power that gives you. Think about what that means in policy disputes and in discussions going forward about how we should actually govern this country. You think they're going to easily just hand that back to the other side or just hand it back to all of us? Of course not. But the problem they're facing right now is that we can see that their narrative is changing once again. They told us you get vaccinated, you're done. But now we see that's just not true. They're willing to give and then take away. The fouch doth giveth, the fouch can taketh away. That's how it all works. And I've been telling you, it's just a matter of time before they start saying we need boosters. Time for the boosters. Here's the Fouch letting you know where he stands on boosters as of today. But the, the short, well, I'll tell you the short version in a second. And the data that's evolving from Israel and from Pfizer indicates that it looks like there might be some diminution in protection. And when you have that, the most vulnerable people are the ones that you were talking about a moment ago, namely people who have suppressed immune system, those who are transplant patients, cancer, chemotherapy, autoimmune diseases that are on immunosuppressive regimens. Those are the kind of individuals that if there's going to be a third boost, which might likely happen, will be among first the vulnerable. And the ACIP, which met on July 22nd, they discussed that in some detail and continue to look at the data that might push us in that direction. You know, what we're seeing here is that this disease, COVID-19, is becoming endemic, meaning within the population. This is going to just be something that exists and that has to spread and that there's no way, even with vaccines, to entirely limit the spread. And efforts to do so up to this point have been misplaced, right, to to make it so that you're at what we call zero COVID. Zero COVID is, is unattainable. And is a stupid and reckless idea, really. Zero COVID is not going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, we don't do anything, let it rip, who cares, which is what they always say. They create this straw man. But what you should be doing, what we should be doing as a society, is treating this in a way that is, yes, very similar to the flu. Protect the elderly. The elderly should all get vaccinated. Those with comorbidities, serious health conditions should get vaccinated. And for everybody else, just like with the flu, getting vaccinated should be a choice. And it's by the way, it should be a choice for everyone. But I mean, it should be a choice that you should be left alone. Nobody should be trying to uh, push it upon you, force it upon you. And the data, the data, as the Fouch would say, so to speak, does not indicate that it's a necessary thing for you to be doing if you're on the younger and healthier side of this equation. So this is turning into a situation that some of us said it would all along, which is it's still going to spread. Mask mandates are stupid. The vaccine's not effective enough to prevent widespread continued uh, outbreaks of this across the country because you can still apparently with the Delta variant give this to people 
Um, you are unlikely to get very sick, very ill. It's just like what you've known for years, for decades now about the flu vaccine in that regard. You can still get the flu even if you're vaccinated, but they believe, and it's different year in and year out. But we're going to need booster shots every six months, maybe every 12 months. We're going to need booster shots just like you get with the flu. So you can't set up a regimen where everybody has to get vaccinated all the time. And this is just untenable. And that's why this panic and the mask mandates we're seeing right now that are making a comeback. I mean, they're making an announcement today in New York City. Cuomo, uh, well, New York City already made the announcement that all workers for New York City have to be vaccinated or they're going to get a weekly COVID test. So that's just harassing people into vaccination. That's very clearly what that is. But Governor Cuomo, hello, New Yorkers. I am not yet done ruining your lives and making you spend all your time looking online at homes in Florida. I have looked at the data and I find another effort here, another time where perhaps the mask mandate. He could do it. He could say there's going to be masks or here's the problem. If they say even recommended mask mandate, then we're going back into a situation where lots of private businesses are going to put the mask mandate in effect. And I'll just tell you this. I mean, over the weekend, I was I was in my gym and because, uh, you know, I'm trying to be more consistent about working out. I, I was in my gym and sure enough, uh, I see there's only two other people in there. It's uh, two women and one is a personal trainer who has been hired and the other is just a, a resident of the building. And they are both working out with masks on. And they had propped the door to the gym wide open with a one of those large, you know, rubber balls that you can do some stretches and things on. You know, it's like a giant bouncy ball. They had propped the door open. So when I walked in, I just kind of looked at them like, are you is there a reason why you're propping this door open? And they said, yes, because of fresh air, because of covid. And I mean, this this is just people who are having mental health issues at this point. Right. The, the fresh air notion. Think about this. I'm going to leave the door open. We're going to wear masks. We're going to be to the gym. If they're that worried, I must assume, by the way, they were in their 30s, both of them. I must assume that they've been vaccinated. And yet this is what they put themselves through. And, you know, when I point this out. You have all these libs, all these crazy libs will say things like, why is it such a big deal? Why is it? Why do you have such a problem with people just wanting to protect themselves? Because as long as this mentality of zero covid lingers, it will make comebacks. It'll it'll be like they have episodes. They will get triggered and make us live in their anxiety filled delusion, too. This is why a federal mask mandate has still been uh, talked about recently. This is why airlines require it, because it's just a matter of time before they want to be in a position to make you do it again. And the fact that there's no DOJ investigation of the nursing homes in New York just goes to show you that the interest in accountability for what has happened in this country during COVID from the left and the Democrats is uh, zero. They, they have no interest in real accountability, no interest in actually looking at what has happened. Now, when it comes to libs, I have a Ph.D. in being able to decipher their madness and their bullcrap. 
You know, you could call me Dr. Buck because I know the libs backwards and forwards. Uh, my postdoctoral thesis on insane leftists should be uh, something that everybody should read. I didn't actually write it, but it's in my head. And I know that they, for example, are big proponents of defund the police, the elite lifestyle libs out there, you know, the, the upper middle class, upper middle class and above uh, white liberals in places like Brooklyn, Santa Monica, the fancy parts of Chicago, Northwest D.C. and the surrounding suburbs, uh, the, you know, the main line in Philadelphia. I, I know what they're thinking is and, and that it's socially advantageous for them to pretend that they care so much about minority communities and police violence. Oh, I just care so much. Did you see the BLM thing I put on my Instagram page? Because I care so much. Anybody that puts their pronouns out in public or is a, uh, a lifestyle liberal who's spewing BLM or hashtag BLM, I appreciate they do it because then at least I know what I'm dealing with right away. But I think they should be forced to answer for the fact that in Detroit, there was just a USA Today poll that was done. And in Detroit, over 90 percent of residents want more police. Over 90 percent of residents want more police. Think about that for a moment. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? We've been told defund the police is something that a lot of people in America want and the black community in particular wants. Well, Detroit is 80 percent black. Uh, so if 90 percent of all Detroit residents want more police and feel would feel safer with more police, it's safe to say that a strong majority of uh, black Americans in Detroit also want more police, which doesn't surprise me at all because black people, white people, Latino people, Asian people, you know, people want to be safe when they go to the grocery store, when they're getting up to go to work, when they're coming home at night, they want their children to be safe. We all want that. And we all deserve that, too. We could live in a much safer society. But one of the big problems we have is that leftists are anti-police psychos because they don't actually suffer the consequences of the defund the police madness. They don't actually have to deal with what happens when cops aren't able to do their jobs in quite the same way. And so, sure enough, the people who suffer are the very uh, minority groups in urban centers across America that the lifestyle, the white lifestyle liberal pretends to care so much about. The whole thing is honestly appalling. It's entirely predictable. And in fact, we did predicted here on the show it's something we should all be quite aware of and you know there was this flyer that was making the rounds over the weekend this was remarkable um it was a flyer that was asking people uh it was supposed to be from blm i can't tell you if this is real or not it's from it's in a rich suburb of dallas and what they're asking people to do it's supposed to be from a blm group it could be I read that it was real. I, I couldn't, um, you know, determine right away whether it was or not. But it's essentially asking white allies if they are willing to forego sending their children to Ivy League schools 
because here you go. Dallas Justice Pledge. This was awesome. It says, dear. uh, And then it had the name of a person. We are writing to you because we understand you are white and live in the Highland Park Independent School District and thus benefit from enormous privileges taken at the expense of communities of color. You live in the whitest and wealthiest neighborhood in Dallas. Whether you know it or not, you earned or inherited your money through oppressing people of color. However, it is also our understanding you are a Democrat and a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement, which makes you one of our white allies and puts you in a position to help correct these cruel injustices. We need you to step up and back up your words with action and truly sacrifice to make our segregated city more just. We are asking you to pledge that your children will not apply or attend any Ivy League schools or U.S. News and World Report top 50 schools. If you do not have children under 18, then we ask you to pledge to hold your white privileged friends, family and neighbors with children to this standard. These schools have afforded white families privilege for generations. Having your children attend these schools takes away spaces from students of color who really need the job opportunities, education and influence that these schools provide. We know this sounds like a tough commitment, but it is truly disheartening to see wealthy white folks sending their charitable donations, posting Black Lives Matter on social media or putting up yard signs um, as if to say the minimal effort is all they're prepared to do. Thank you for helping our city make our city more just to sign the pledge. Go to DallasJustice.org. I love this. This is fantastic. Now, if it's if it's meant as satire, it's brilliant. But I don't know if it is or isn't, but it doesn't really matter because I agree with the sentiment. A Democrat who is a big supporter of BLM, if you're going to be a white ally, then you should be willing to make some real sacrifices in the name of justice. That's not asking too much, right? Your kids, as a white ally who lives in the most wealthy suburb of Dallas, don't have to go to a super fancy school. They've already had so much privilege. So... Time to share the wealth, so to speak. Pay your fair share. Spread it around. Ah, but the libs, they don't like to actually have to deal with any of the consequences of this. They don't want to be told that they have any actual downside to posting their BLM hashtags and all the rest of it. Uh, No, you see, this is where all of a sudden the hypocrisy and the virtue signaling just becomes so apparent, so obvious, and everyone should be well aware of what the consequences of this will be, which is that, well, the consequences are nothing insofar as these white allies aren't going to do this. Their kids get to go to elite schools. Their kids get to get jobs based on family connection and everything else. But everyone else's kids who don't have that same amount of wealth, all the other white kids you know, middle class and working class white kids out there in the Dallas area, they should have to go to crappy public schools, no school choice and have to compete for college admissions on an affirmative action based scale where being white is a explicit disadvantage in a diversity based system. Problem for everyone else's kids. Right. So the the son of the carpenter, the general contractor, the police officer in Dallas who is white has to just just scrap it out, do everything that that he or she can to son or daughter, obviously, to go to, let's say, a state school in Texas. 
But the people who live in Highland Park, who are in a three million dollar mansion, I mean, you know, little little Susie or little Timmy gets to go to Harvard or Rice or wherever. That's the way the system is supposed to work. Ah, it's almost like when you really look at libs, you just see hypocrites all over the place. Tucker Carlson got accosted by a moron over the weekend. It's not not even worth me playing the audio in the air. Tucker was in Montana. The guy ambushed him. Tucker was with his his daughter. He said that to the guy. I'm just going to tell you this right now. Anyone who goes up to a person in front of their kids over a point of politics and and harasses them is lower than low. I mean, it's scummy to go up to a person in public and harass them because you don't like their politics in general. But it's really scummy to do it when they're with their child and you're putting them in a position where, you know, they feel like they're not only being demeaned in front of their own children, but also um, which Tucker wasn't. He was he was a total champ about it. And but you know what I'm saying? It's you're disrespecting somebody in front of their children, which is a a really grotesque thing to do. Um, But also, yeah, I mean, you know, if someone comes up to me and I'm alone and they want to start some stuff, I'm much more likely to get uh, to feel like I can fully defend myself than if I had a small child or just any child of mine, which I don't have children yet, with me. But I, I didn't want to get into that other than just to say the left has normalized that stuff and it's disgusting and it's because they're a bunch of crybabies and American liberalism is an ideology now of self-indulgence and self-pity and they're just a bunch of little whiners. They're disgusting. It's really a shame. I mean, leftists in this country, there's really no worse American than a sanctimonious upper middle class white liberal. I mean, they, they're the worst people in America today. And you see it in the way they act and the way that they conduct themselves all the time with things like this. You know, the, the MSNBC watchers out there, they're just awful. So. The thing that I thought was more interesting, though, is when you when you look at Tucker Carlson's uh, NSA claims over the weekend, uh, Tucker Carlson. When you when you look at the New York Post, they say Tucker Carlson unmasking claim confirmed by NSA, according to a report. Here's what they write. The National Security Agency has quietly admitted that the Fox primetime host Tucker Carlson was unmasked as he uh, and leaked, uh, as he alleged earlier this month. So that apparently happened. You know how CNN reports on this? Oh, well, he was never targeted, so it's not true. Wait, wait a second, though. But that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that he was caught in. They write here. Here's what they write. NSA review finds no evidence supporting Tucker Carlson claim that he NSA spied on him, according to sources. Oh, so they're getting around it by pretending that incidental collection doesn't count. Quote, one of the sources said that Carlson's name was picked up in third party communications and his identity was unmasked in the NSA foreign intelligence reports. The names of Americans are redacted. So that would mean if that CNN source is accurate, which it sounds like it is. That Tucker was absolutely it absolutely is true that he was unmasked. All the people who had been lying this whole time about how Tucker's lying deserve uh, deserve to give him a big apology. Uh, but they won't. That's not going to happen because it's all just about attacking Tucker. The, the truth doesn't matter to these leftists. They could care less about about any of it. You know, it was really nice over the over uh, the weekend. I, I said on the Clay and Buck show that I'm thinking about getting a French bulldog or an English bulldog puppy. I had so many great breeders who reached out to me over the weekend 
So I did really appreciate that. And um, I think I think it's time to time to get with it. I think I got to uh, time to get a puppy. I, I love Tallulah so much, but she's really with my parents and I need my own my own Frenchie that I'm with or my own English bully. And I go back and forth every day. I really can't decide which one is going to be the best one for me. I mean, Frenchies are a little more portable and a little easier to deal with in that regard. But English Bulldogs, I just think, are the cutest, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. So for anyone who's listening who was one of the dozens of breeders reached out to me, just because I made a mention of this on the big radio show, uh, really, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for, uh, for offering to maybe give me one of your pups. I mean, I would, of course, pay fair market value for it, but you know what I mean. Make, uh, make a notation that the Buckster is looking for a very adorable little bulldog puppy. So, you know, you got you to take time to think about the fun things, too. And I had such a good weekend because I got to spend some of Sunday with my dad on his birthday. 74 years old. The guy looks 50, but he's 74 years old, still has a great head of hair. And, you know, I always say this to my parents, and I, I really mean it. I say it to my siblings, too. I've got a little sister, a little brother, and an older brother. There's four of us, and we're very close, and we take, uh, we take care of each other. We really are a team, and I've got great parents. We have a very close family overall where you know, everyone really loves each other. We respect each other, and we're always looking out for each other. And I always tell this to my parents, the biggest advantage that I have had in life, um, other than a great head of hair, is, in all seriousness, it's the fact that I've had a family that was just a unit. You know, We really are a team. And my parents have been together over 40 years. I've got two parents who still, you know, love and support each other 40 years in to a marriage. I've got siblings who are fantastic. My little sister, thankfully, is the first one to have a baby. My brother is getting married next month. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to be at my little brother's wedding next month. But my little sister has this uh, adorable little baby, Ryan. He's my nephew. And I got to say, spending time with him and my sis and, and her husband, uh, Ray, who's a great guy, uh, spending time with them makes me really think more and more about, you know, it's, it's time. It's time to, time to make a whole generation of little bucks or little buckets. I don't know if that's, we're not going to call anybody bucket. Don't worry. That would, sounds like bucket. That doesn't really work as a name. But I, I did what I told all of you to do over the weekend, and that is to uh, go, make, go make memories. So the, the great memory was Sunday with my dad, just spending time with, with him. And, you know, my dad's a man's man, and I've always really appreciated it about him. The guy's got a lot of, he's just got a lot of courage, a lot of swagger, and he's very, very smart and is uh, somebody who, you know, I just always knew my, my dad was a dad. You know, he was, he was uh, the, the patriarch of the household and taught us a lot of skills and we just always felt like we had a real we had a real dad around the house, you know. Um, Saturday, I went and marched in a kilt in a charity event called Dress to Kilt. Uh, it was out in Long Island, uh, so that was a little bit more of a challenge to get to than I anticipated. The drive from New York City to Long Island is a little bit of a mess, but I did march in a kilt. So if you want to see what I look like in a man's skirt, there are photos up on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And the Scottish thing is, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. We had a good time. You know, I didn't quite get to put blue woad, uh, woad paint on my face, which would have been a Pictish tradition from, I think, 
like 500 AD, uh, maybe a little later than that, maybe even a little earlier, I forget. Something like that. Around 500 AD, you might have had the picks running around with blue woad on. You know, Braveheart, William Wallace style. The kilt, as you know, is really a 16th, 17th, uh, or 1600s, 1700s, I believe, uh, fashion accessory in Scotland, even though Braveheart is like 1200-ish. So it should have really, I mean, Braveheart, the costuming should have looked a little bit more like what we think of as a medieval times uh, situation, but instead they made it look like what you have in the movie or the show Outlander, which is very Scottish, which I recommend. I am looking for a great new show to watch these days, so if any of you have any recommendations on that, let me know. I have been watching. I'd never seen Deadwood before. I'd seen one or two episodes, but I'm really making my way through Deadwood. It is an excellent show. It's a little old now. It's about 15 years old. But I really am enjoying Deadwood a lot. Uh, so I'm want, But that'll be done soon. It's only three seasons. So if you've got a great show for me that's not one of the really, really obvious ones, let me know because it's nice to have a show that you can kind of turn on and let your brain just go into that semi-sleep mode on. You know what I mean? It's nice to be in a situation where you can say, you know what, I'm going to just watch this and not have to think about saving the world, saving America, defending freedom or any of that stuff. Producer Mark will be back with me tomorrow. Today I had to uh, roll solo on this one because Mark had something in the morning, but uh, we'll be having Producer Mark joining in. And please spread the word about this podcast, the Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's a great, quick way to get updated on the news, hear the most important analysis I have for the day. And it is, as you know, separate from the Clay and Buck Show. We're going to continue doing this because... I always just like being able to speak right to you and uh, have that opportunity. So please pass the buck. Don't stop, man. We need to keep this thing going and keep the keep the word out and make sure we get new members joining us here in the Freedom Hut. And make sure you check in at BuckSexton.com for editorials, stories, and even merch at BuckSexton.store. We have Freedom Hut t-shirts available now. Really cool design. Please tweet at me. Facebook message me your Freedom Hut t-shirts when you get them and uh, we we're gonna have to think about a way to bring back commie bear and other things here soon too so team always great to have you with me i'll be back tomorrow shields high